by canceling cap-and-trade, the province's annual budget balance will worsen by a cumulative total of $3 billion over the next four years. It worsens because the loss of cap-and-trade revenue is greater than the savings from spending achieved by canceling the programs. That is uh, Peter Weltman. He is the financial accountability officer. This is an independent job. His job is, of course, to look at things like the cancellation of cap and trade and tell us how much are we going to pay to cancel it. Now we know. So $3 billion over four years, which means the deficit balloons from $15 billion to $18 billion. Yeah, fun, eh? Um, but the bottom line is this was a tax. Period. And Ford campaigned on canceling this tax, which was, by most critics' um, explanation, it was a slush fund, a way for the liberals to artificially pay down the costs of things like uh, Kathleen Wynne's so-called fair hydro plan. So you really never knew what the actual number was you were paying because it was all artificially lowered. Or maybe they use your tax dollars from cap and trade to, you know, give it to green energy products or, or you know, companies that, you know, help. They got rich. You didn't. You certainly didn't get to reap the rewards of anything they were doing. So a lot of this was thrown away on just kind of junk green projects. So I'm glad to see, as much as it's going to cost us, that the programs will die. I'm fine with that. I do want to know, what are we doing now to fix this thing? Let's bring in Dan McTeague. Of course, you know him as GasBuddy.com. He's a petroleum and energy analyst and, of course, couple of different headlines that I wanted to chat with you uh, about today, Dan. Um, what's your reaction to the cancellation costs? Well, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I take the comments uh, of the FAO uh, very seriously, but I also uh, remind myself that uh, at least as far as gasoline and diesel is concerned, the savings over the same period of time to drivers, to consumers, and to the economy as a whole will be somewhere closer to $4.2 billion. Now, that's an estimate based on about 2.3 million litres, uh, billion litres, rather, of gasoline and diesel sold uh, every year in the province of Ontario. We sell about $70 billion across the country, and it's, it's really extrapolation as opposed to uh, precise uh, data. But, you know, I need that data when I do a lot of my, uh, my work in terms of facilitating uh, price increases or decreases and... Uh, uh, where we have uh, the largest and greatest demand across the province. So while it sounds like the sky is falling, uh, and you have quite rightly pointed out, there is significant politi- political legitimacy to what the government has done here. It campaigned very clearly on it, unlike the previous government, which never campaigned on the tax. The reality is that uh, you know I probably don't have the economics depth to go in as far as to say, is 4.2 billion over four years better in the hands of consumers and how will that uh, reverberate throughout the economy of Ontario versus looking at it from the rather sterile point of saying well that's three billion bucks in revenue you won't have Mm -hmm. that is true but at the same time consumers will actually have that in their pocket and I'm sure they won't simply uh, walk around and uh, you know uh, play uh, put in a piggy bank they will it will become an active part of the economy and stimulate elsewhere. Right. And, and you're quite right. Uh, Kathleen Wynne did not campaign on it. In fact, when reporters asked her several times after the election where she got a majority, you know, are you going to put in a cap and trade? She said no. So this came out of nowhere to a lot of people, made an awful lot of people rich, just not those who live in the province of Ontario. Um, and so, you know, 
the critics will have a heyday calling this a boondoggle, a multi-billion dollar boondoggle. What if the Ford government had said, okay, it's going to cost too much. We keep it in. What would be, what do you have any idea of what we look, what we would be looking at as far as losses? Well, if you're looking at the totality of what the, uh, the withdrawal would be, I'm, I only refer to gasoline and yep. diesel. I'm not taking into account uh, furnace oil, jet fuel. Uh, I'm certainly not taking into account natural gas, for which, of course, we all know uh, it was hidden in the bill. You couldn't really mm-hmm. see it. Um, but I would expect that that number of $4.2 billion would be a lot higher if you include the totality of all products that have uh, no longer have the politically charged uh, position of uh, having a cap and trade put on it. Worse, of course, that cap and trade money, as though, you know, some had suggested, uh, you know, much of it would have gone into projects in Ontario. In fact, the emission credits were being bought from other jurisdictions that had had absolutely nothing to do with Ontario and therefore no benefit, which, of course, right. distinguishes it from a, a carbon tax where you might sort of be able to work around the point that it stays within the jurisdiction. Here it didn't, did not. So I think, you know, a little bit more... Peeling back the famous uh, onion might find uh, that the layers of onion might find that, uh, uh, you know, they're uh, at first glance, this may look uh, uh, shocking. But when you really look at it, what was shocking was the fact that that, uh, that carbon tax or that cap and trade existed to begin with because it had no real significant benefits for the province of Ontario. Yes, there was money going to it. But it was being money. It was money being diverted away from the public's pockets to begin with. Right, and so I mean, at the end of the day, the financial accountability officer was was clear in saying, you know, there is a framework that will come into play with the federal government that could end up costing Ontarians more, and that is the Justin Trudeau carbon oh, yes. uh, plan that no province seems to want to pay. Um, so inevitably, I'm not sure where that deal goes. If it'll end up in a court, if it'll end up dying, uh, but we could come in. We could be looking at something more expensive as far as a tax. Well, I think the fact is that the public is now being is, is now has now been asked and invited and is willing to participate in this debate. And uh, you know, when you uh, when you have the kind of discussions that are going on out there, saying the sky is falling, in ten years everything will melt, and uh, you know, I don't think it's very productive. Um, more importantly, uh, if we're going to hang our hats on a panel uh, that has notoriously come out for the past ten to fifteen years telling us that uh, bad things were about to happen, and in fact they don't. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, a country like Canada, which is in fact a carbon sink, is somehow, uh, having made the conversion to natural gas and nuclear and all sorts of other uh, re- uh, renewables, uh, if we're not going to get credit for the things we've done over the past 20 years uh, in advance of countries like the United States, or for that matter, uh, Germany, which uh, continues to increase its output in coal, dirty coal, uh, then China, I think we, yeah. uh, we have every reason to be concerned, and, 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 and consternation will certainly be, I think, uh, leveled on the federal liberals if they provide and, and uh, you know, do, do uh, backfill, if you will, the uh, the tax decrease. If people are going to start to see three and four cent a litre increases every year for the next three or four years, yeah. I think you're going to get pushed back. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of things um, sure. because this is in your in your world. Saudi Arabia, of course, is, you know, on the verge of admitting the worst cover-up really ever. And that is that they screwed up and kidnapped this guy and cut off, you know, Jamal Khashoggi. Mm-hmm. And we could respond. Certainly we have an arms deal with Saudi Arabia. That obviously is not going to be cut. Uh, they, they've made that clear. But we could and should be cutting off Saudi, Saudi oil. I, I don't understand why we can't and don't use this as the very excuse to say, Saudi, we have our own oil. Go away. Well, there's that, but there's also the threat that they made yesterday, which is that they would destabilize the world until they sort of backed off on that and used for the first time since the Young Kipper War in 1973 the fact that they would uh, perhaps curtail the amount of oil 
available to the world at a time when, of course, U.S. sanctions on Iran begin to bite in just two and a half weeks on November the 4th. Uh, so whether that was a bright idea, whether that was, uh, uh, you know, a bit of bravado, who knows? Uh, I think rather than concerning ourselves with, um, you know, buying Saudi oil, mm. in fact, the Saudis have already said that if you don't agree with us, in much the same way we ran into this problem with them back a couple of months ago, then uh, there might be some re, uh, some some repercussions. Look, I, I don't want to go over uh, old material, but the fact of the matter is that the Energy East pipeline, which is two thirds built would have already been near position of servicing much of Eastern Canada. And it wouldn't have to be necessarily heavy oil. It could have been many other forms of oil, light oil, Edmonton Parr, uh, Alberta Sweet, uh, yeah. you know, rather than the heavy hardesty. The fact is Canada has lost an opportunity. And, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, although we'd like to say get lost to the Saudis, given this terrible circumstances, uh, the situation has, that has emerged, if, it, if it's in fact proven to be true, uh, we've given away our ability to do that because this government single-handedly changed the terms of reference for the National Energy Board to approve the NEB. They rigged the process so they could never get it done. And, of course, we know with the federal government, liberal government's Bill C-69, there will never be a pipeline built again in Canada. No one in the right mind would want to do that, uh, having to deal with and you know issues that are not even relevant or remotely relevant to the building of a, of a pipeline. So, unfortunately, uh, I, we could say, you know, get lost to the Saudis, uh, but where else are we going to pick up our oil? Uh, there's a lot of other regimes out there that we don't seem to have trouble buying our oil from who uh, are given to the, you know, the same kind of human rights abuses. Yeah, and not to mention our, our, our oil prices are in the toilet. It's completely collapsed, which should be getting more, I think, attention than it is. But Yeah, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute uh, disgrace. Canadians uh, yeah. better understand. You know, rather than think of it oil and it's that thing, think about it next time because the loss, Alex, and I, I want to put this in perspective, uh, the loss to the Canadian economy is about 40 to $45 billion a year at these numbers. It's a loss to federal and provincial government coffers of $14 bucks. So next time you go to a hospital or next time you wonder why the country is running into such serious financial trouble, uh, you know, you may want to look at the bigger picture. When you, you know, re- really gut your golden goose, as we've done in this country, the one that got us out of the recession back in the 1990s by selling oil at near-world prices, mm-hmm. Yeah, start to have to think. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I shouldn't be so myopical. Maybe I should start to think about what's good for the oil industry and what's good for getting Canadian oil to international markets. Is actually good for my personal bottom line, as myopical as I might want to be. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice in another life? Okay, in another <laughs> life. Uh, Dan, thank you. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alex. That is Dan McTagg. Of course, he knows everything about energy. You can also catch him at GasBuddy.com. He'll give you a heads up on that page, by the way, uh, if you want to get a check on gas prices and where they're going. And I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.